Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is your host of Talk Architecture Podcast. This episode today takes cues from um, the previous episodes um, with Kevin Matlow and the discussion with five grad architecture graduates, in particular about the basic design uh, fundamental principles of design, where if a student of architecture in the first and the second years know how to do this, know those basic principles, they are set for life. Now, they may just following the rules and uh, a very um, mathematical or almost mechanical sense to set out their work or the scheme, but you may never know what happens later when they learn uh, to use uh, digital softwares and tools, um, computational tools, which can lead down a path where they still don't have the sense of designing. So what I will do today is to take you through a moment in time, a particular set of descripts that I did online on the 29th of April, 2021, with a few students that were under my charge or in my group. And these observations of the particular students, um, I'll give them, you know, just ABCs rather than give their names. And I will also blog them with their permission to share these sketches or these screenshots online um, in my blog, Design Thesis, One Word, um dot wordpress.com so let me start with the first student student a student a has potential shows that he's interested to understand precedent studies and the choice of precedent studies were i believe helpful for him this particular project which is the Empowerment Center for Street Children. There is no uh, hostel accommodation. It's just purely classrooms and and kitchen and area for them to eat. And there seems to be a lot of um, area to do landscaping as well. There is two floors. Um, and we did case studies. We visited... Um, Examples, we interviewed um, example clients and precedents in Kuala Lumpur and which which the site is appropriate for this empowerment center uh, based on the case studies, uh, namely uh, Yaya Sanchoket, Bukujalanan, Skolabimingan Kase. Those are the um, names of the centers and schools that are around this area. 
So the site is nearby a pedestrian walkway next to the river uh, with uh, some sort of um, structure where they have the the light rail transit structures uh, and it's uh, towards the more commercial area on the, no- at the north and the more residential area in the south and we have abandoned houses uh, which the area is going to transition and the alleyway or the street next to it you saw um, they actually saw a drug addict or someone who is homeless sleeping um, on the street literally so <coughs> they can have the feel of what's happening because it was during the pandemic um um, during the pandemic um, uh, situation, uh, not all the students managed to go to site. So, but the information conveyed to the rest of the class by those who managed to go to site, um, I think were good enough. And also we had those interviews where they could attend online. So, the spirit of it was caught uh, in my understanding if the students were to be attentive or, or, or try to try to um, be serious about uh, listening to all the um, discussion that's going on about the site and the research topic of street children. These street children also encompass uh, unregistered uh, children or children who who came to the country, uh, who are not registered and don't have proper um, classroom facilities, and children who are from the urban poor. Now, okay, we have that site. And um, for student A, he ha- as I said, he, he was looking into um, the idea of um, in-between spaces by a concept is it Egoa, Engoa, uh, the Japanese concept? And I, I talked also about the five-foot way and stuff like that. And he, he, he spreads it out well in terms of math- mathematically and the sizes of the corridors are the right size. But in some parts, they seem to be a big size, but that's fine. Maybe he wants to make play with the in-between spaces to have more function, creating court, pockets of courtyard throughout and then one main street in the middle. So potentially, um, student A uh, had the sense progressed, you know, from each week, he seems to be progressing and mindful of technical issues and there is a sense of tectonic eventually. The composition uh, that he did uh, with regard to the solid and voids seems um, very much in the v- vernacular tradition. I don't mind. He refers to the Japanese courtyard building or any courtyard building. Sometimes the students don't really have enough travel and visit uh, vernacular architecture in Malaysia because 
limitations of any kind, and they have to learn how to read uh, through um, the internet uh, images, which is to me not right. Um, but uh, he, what was great was he did every time he comes up with the plan uh, for all my students in my group. I insist on show a scheme every time, a new scheme with the plans already, section and elevations, and 3Ds, exonometric. Okay, I will give some sort of uh, comment regarding um, manual drawings and digital drawings as I go along. There are all these vignettes or sketches of what he's trying to do. Sunken seating area, counseling room. Um, they could be better, those uh, little details. But he, he he had a very interesting composition in the beginning. It was cube. Uh, this was almost like um, flat and cube shapes. Um, eventually, it, it, it sort of... Um, come out to a, there's a big space. So I don't mind that. I mean, it's part of the process. Whatever that happens at the end um, may not be perfect, but if it's progressing and eventually the sense of tectonics is felt at that level in the second year, then the learning has been done. Another student, doesn't like student B doesn't like at all to draw manually and shows me um, computer aided drawings which is probably from SketchUp she would deliver um, what do you call it 3D um, plans 3D and um but it's so rigid and tight and it's pattern making um it doesn't feel architectural at all and i try to help her to break out of the box i take cues from there was this curve elevation i take cue from that and said why don't you make some sort of spatial gesture um, like a forecourt, which has sort of an elliptical scale, elliptical shape, sorry, and um, play with the colonnades or play with the landscaping of certain trees. I don't think the student actually understood uh, or is kind of, um, you know, is to give the benefit of the doubt, we let the student work on it, but with the next step, it's sort of um, not 3D. She's not designing it in 3D. The reason she's not, she has the equipment, she has the SketchUp to just raise it up 3D, but that's, that's not how you design. When you draw it in plan, and then you draw a section, because you want to see the volumes in the space, to check on that, and then you have your 3D so that you could, that's the elevation, that's the sense of 
texture material that you put into it and you try to understand it, it comes from the plan. Designing from the plan is a skill that some students just didn't do, just didn't go through that process. And they panic after maybe they pass the first semester for some reason and then they panic the, the, the next semester. So relying on the tools to to come out with the ideas, filling in the blanks that way, you know, rather than using your imagination, your 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 mind to envision the design and, you know, reading plans to imagine it in 3D, it doesn't happen. So I'm thinking that there are many people like that that got away with it because we designed a curriculum that the students can produce um, in uh, computational drawings or digitally in second year, in the second semester. And that was what is happening to the, sc- the school that I taught. So, um, yeah, for student B, I think she managed to pass and graduate doing the same thing again and again, playing with circles and thinking that circles or curves or an attempt to to do weird shape is a way of saying that I've done something innovative or I've done something that is interesting. And I'm not innovative, but interesting. She did struggle with the construction and I had to have a special tutorial for her because she sort of didn't really pass the first review and and I said okay let's okay since you don't want to do manual drawing let let me show you manual manually I sketch manually how the details should be and she literally copied it you know but I gave her tutorials um or find some interesting videos as well uh, in terms of uh, construction, on-site construction that people do and how they... Um, it wasn't about drawings, it's about construction on-site and how you construct cast in-situ concrete structure. So the most simplest thing for her to learn and understand, I don't know whether she understood that or was interested in that, because she perhaps she didn't have time to think and she panicked. So it's literally just using my manual sketches and come up with a version of that. So God bless her. I hope that she'll do well and maybe she'll go into project management or maybe not even architecture. I don't know. But um, good luck. And there are other students who sort of panicked towards the end, they they followed well during the progress. We try to sketch and give keywords for them. There is a plan here by student C. Uh, the geometries are not really working as well, the spatial and volume. So when she showed um, 3D, there was interesting potential to explore this and draw it properly. And she did. She she showed progress. Just towards the end, the decision on the decision or the drawing skills 
uh, did not help her that much. So she had a lot of potential go in the progressive stages. This is when they decide. Another thing is whether they decide to, they were given a chance to either draw manually or with com- computers um, for the final presentation. I think she drew manually, but the decision or some sort of, um, uh, what do you call it, fearful of something, it, or maybe short of time. She didn't have time to massage it properly for the final one, I, though I expected her to do better. Um, there's no one formula. Each student is different uh, in terms of the what will come out, what sort of our, what will represent the topic. Yeah, this is student D. At first, he just slotted in there with the plan. I think student D got preoccupied with the words or the narrative and didn't work much on the architectural um, solution. Gave him some ideas of working with ramps and. Um, gave him some other precedents to work on, which he could look up. And he did take off. This particular student did quite well. Um, although in the beginning, he uh, was struggling in, in pattern making more than architectural. Trying to fit in like um, incline. He, he positioned the whole uh, design to to be diagonal. And here are all these spaces that are not working out. So, but uh, I gave the benefit of the doubt and he actually managed to do quite well with thinking of uh, precedence in vernacular architecture and in-between space and all those um, elements and innovating on them. So, yeah, good on him. Um... Another student, uh, student E, I thought this student would do very well in this project, but I think he did some sort of hybrid or maybe some computational drawings were rushed at the end. He had a very strong concept that is called meandering, where a sense of discovery by the children, you know, through the spaces. Um, makes for as if it's, it's a discovery place. But that wasn't maintained until the end. And uh, But his his earlier sketches were always wonderful. Um, his uh, manual sketches, freehand sketches, and he's got the sense of the proportion. And and because you could make the, the, <clears throat> the case for children of a certain age and primary school age to to discover themselves and create a world through spaces like uh, you don't have to have an iconic object you just allow architectural space to be adapted to their fantasies or their wish how it could be so some of these potential is there but um it came to another concept when it came to his final presentation. So this it also bears on how the 
designer um, is consistent or not in their vision eventually. At this age, at this time, in the second year. The other student, the student uh, F, yeah? This student has struggled with the site planning and placing things around. She she changed her scheme every week and um and the concept is there's no you know no sense of of a vision or or designing true plans at all you know i i thought the student had it in her but i uh, know i mean the student seems to be saying yes but really then they're, they're not really learning much in that sense but it shows you know when students keep on doing the same mistake you, you're thinking they say yes, but they, they're not really producing. It's just a default, really, how they came about with the design that you thought. Or maybe the precedent wasn't good enough for her or useful enough for her to um, help her come up with the vision. But at the end of the day, for all the students in the second year, if they can have a sense of, of architectural uh, sensibilities, meaning... Uh, through their plans, and it will come out sensibly in 3D uh, by massaging their plans, massaging the sections and spatial and volumetrics, and, you know, come up with an interesting massing uh, solid and void model or axonometric. If they come to that stage, you're given, like, eight weeks project on is nine week project and there are many uh instances where you could actually make mistakes and do another scheme. There there could be a couple of schemes. Actually I prefer that the student get the concept from the very beginning. Um but of course you know there are different students so you give them space and time to actually come up with a scheme so they, they don't panic, so that nine weeks is enough. Um, but, you know, there's always a cut-off point where they will panic, and um, it's not really nice, you know, to tell the students, you know, you nothing works, and you've got to really rush it and find out something that works and something like that. And... Um, this, I will share this in the design thesis wordpress.com blog after I get the permission to post um, screenshots, um, images um, that was done. And um, hopefully, uh, this will be an interesting lesson for us all. Um, an interesting perspective on how architecture was taught online. So with that, um, this is a commentary on how a student would develop their scheme uh, using online descripts. And it's the same as the descript that you have if it was face-to-face and sometimes even better. Uh, but, um, you know, it depends on the individual, really, what they prefer. 
Um, so, what I would like to say is that thank you for listening to this podcast and hope to meet you again with the next, next podcast in the future.